Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support, to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured, and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.twgna.com and join today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the creator of Submission Support, our monthly membership to help you curate and submit your next wedding. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. Today, I'm chatting with Eden Strader all about how to create a brand that has no competition. Eden explains how she helps creatives and entrepreneurs figure out who they are as a person, how to use their intuition and weave that into their brand, which ultimately makes them stand out in the sea of competition. A little bit about Eden is that she is a six-figure photographer turned business coach who inspires entrepreneurs, artists, and makers to build a life of artistic growth, wealth, and personal power with carefully curating strategies and marketing, mindset, sales, and self-care through excavating her client's unique brand of magic. And I'm so excited that she's here. So let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Eden, can you say hi to everybody? Hi. How is everyone? Oh, how is everyone? It's not a conversation. I have my own <laughs> podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. <laughs> yeah, we hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to talk about brands and competition and how to stand out. So I'm excited to pick your brain. Um, and you're a, lo- a local Brooklyn girl. I love this. Yes, I know. I moved here a little over a year ago now. I'm like, I guess we're kind of approaching a year and a half. So I'm, oh, I'm excited awesome. to be here. I love it here. Cool. Well, before we get started, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your business and how you got started in your own world. Yeah. So I am a former destination wedding photographer. I shot them for about like six years, I think now. And then over the last couple of years, kind of started dipping my toes into education. And now I do that full time. And so I specialize in helping creative entrepreneurs build 
beautiful branded strategic businesses so that they can have a beautiful life as well. That's kind of like our specialty here in everything Eden Strader is that um, I think as entrepreneurs, it's really easy to get caught up in our jobs and have them become this 24-7 thing. And so I'm super passionate about helping entrepreneurs fall in love with their job to fall in love with their life and get to, you know, clock out, take vacations, all of that good stuff. (laughs) I love that. So what kind of destination work did you do? Where did you visit? Yeah. So I shot, um, I kind of shot all over. I started my career in Utah. Um, and then right as the pandemic picked up, moved to LA before coming here to New York. Um, but I almost never shot in Utah towards the end of my career. Um, I was shooting a lot in places like Hawaii or here on the East Coast. Um, I shot in Europe and like Bermuda a little bit. Um, but I did a lot of work in Hawaii and then just kind of on the East Coast specifically. I love that. I love that. So what brought you to the East Coast? How did you end up in Brooklyn? Yeah. So I came to New York for the first time when I was 17 for like my senior trip and just fell in love with it. Like, I feel like New York is one of those cities that you either are obsessed with or you have no passion for it ever. It's not totally. really yeah. like, it's not a very festival <laughs> city. It's not for everyone. Um, And so I just like fell in love with it, knew I wanted to be here eventually. Um, And so, yeah, just kind of have been work- trying to work my way here. And about a year and a half ago, it finally felt like time. And here we are. That's awesome. Cool. Well, you only have eight and a half to go till you can call yourself a New Yorker. So I hope I know. I'm like, (laughs) thank you. Me as well. I know. I'm like, I've got some time. How long have you been here in the city? Oh, I'm from here. I was born here. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So I'm a New Yorker through and through. So when people move here, I'm like, okay, you're right. Like it's two types of people, you know, either you love it or you hate it. And it sounds like you love it. So that's good. Yeah. I love it here. I know. I'm like, I used to come here a lot for work too. So it was nice where I had been coming here and staying here for like a week plus at a time. So I feel nice. like once you once you have a bag day here, you can kind of understand what it's like to live here. Or yeah. a grocery a grocery trip. And so it was a little <laughs> less jarring when I moved here, which was nice. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm so excited to chat. I'm glad you're here. So we're gonna be talking about, you know, how to create a brand that has no competition. And this really intrigued me because I was like, how is that even mm-hmm. possible? <laughs> like what? So sort of like <laughs> elaborate on that. Like, what do you mean? Absolutely. This is always my favorite thing to talk about. So I'm so excited when people want to talk about this because like you said, seeing something that says like, make a brand that has no competition usually flags people really quickly. They're like, there's just simply no way that is possible. Um, but I am a firm believer that our businesses and brands should be like a reflection of us as human beings, especially as small business owners. It's where we're going to find the most fulfillment. It's where we're going to find the most joy. It's where we're going to connect with our clients the best. Um, but on top of that, when we make our business and brand solely us, it makes it so that we have no competition. It's kind of like going back to, I always think of like those cheesy little quotes that we would like write on our notebooks in junior high, you know, where it's like, there's no one like you or like, (laughs) you know, you can only be one thing. So be yourself, but like they're cheesy and they're cliche for a reason. And that's because every human is so individualistic. And so if we're able to make our businesses and brands a reflection of us, we're able to make our businesses completely individualistic. And I started out my photography career, um, like I mentioned, in Utah. And there, I'm sure you're aware, but I'm like, there's so many talented photographers in Utah. It's kind of like a hot spot for photographers. Um, We have some like really, really big names there, as well as just like a ton of photographers in general. It's really, really fun. Um, But because of that, it was really easy when I first started to kind of look at everyone else and be like, okay, what? 
can I do to be successful? Like, what are they doing? How can I kind of do that? Like, what is it that people are looking for? And I tried to just at first do what I thought would make me successful. And I found that I wasn't really connecting to my work. I wasn't connecting to my clients in the way that I wanted to. Um, But on top of that, you know, it was really hard to book jobs unless I was like the cheaper candidate. Like when you're trying to be like your competition, really the only thing that's going to differentiate you is pricing. And so there was a point in my career, which I kind of pinpoint as this like infamous Twitter fight I had um, (laughs) where someone screenshotted my feed as well as a couple other photographers and post our work and just was like, yawn, I'm bored. (laughs) Oh my God. I know it was really rude. Um, And at the time, I think I was like 20 or 21. So I was a little bit more hot headed than I, than I am now. But um, once I was done kind of fighting with her about how rude that was, I kind of took a step back and I was like, she's not wrong. (laughs) Like, what Mm -hmm. am I doing? Like, I'm not feeling that artistically fulfilled. Apparently no one can tell my different, like my work apart from other people's, like, what am I doing? Am I really proud of the work that I'm creating? Do I feel like it's representative of me? Do I feel like I'm, you know, completely being myself through my art? And so it was this big shift where I was like, I'm going to change that. And when I made my business and my brand and my artistic style more true to who I was and started bringing myself into my business, that's where I really started to see success because when you're doing things again, just going back to the root of it, but like when you're doing things completely representative of who you are as a person, it's going to it's going to separate you from the competition. It'll make it so there is no competition because even if you are a wedding photographer and I'm a wedding photographer, we're going to do things so differently just because we're different humans. And so that's how you can kind of start to eliminate that competition. Well, I really love that. It's very inspiring. I, I feel like I live in a very saturated market too, New York City. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of big names here. And, mm-hmm. you know, it took me a while to figure out what makes me different and what makes my photography stand out at least to me and to my clients and I attract the people that I want to work with. So I love hearing how your journey, I mean, obviously this Twitter fight is like not cool, but you know, (laughs) she or they, you know, like spark something inside of you that made you think and question like, how am I, why did this even happen? You know what I mean? I I, I love that. So how, how do we as uh, wedding photographers, you know, and people who are listening, you know, brand ourselves in a way that is unique. That makes us stand out. Like, how, how do we even begin? So, one of the things that I always recommend to photographers, any kind of business owner, when they're like, "Okay, let me let me sit with this. I'm ready to make some changes. How do I start like bringing myself into my work more? How do I start being more genuine and authentic within my my sphere?" Um, is I actually tell people to take the business out of it first second. Um, And I know that that can feel a little counterintuitive to like want to better your business and then force yourself to not think of it. Um, But I found that when money and like success is on the table, even subconsciously, we can kind of sway our own intuition just because we want to see success. Um, And so I always tell people, I'm like, let's just think about you as a human being for a second. Let's not think about the business. Let's not think about the brand. Um, and let's let's just think about ourselves. And so I always kind of start with three big questions, which are like, what are your strengths? What are your favorite things about yourself? And then my favorite question to ask is, how do you want your friends and family to feel when they're done interacting with you? Like, if if you even text them right now to be like, hey, how would you describe me? Or like, how do you feel when you're around me? What would they say? Because those are going to be such pivotal 
an amazing insight into who you are as a human being. Um, so for example, I like love that I'm super colorful. I love that I'm super blunt and bold. Um, I've always loved that I'm a hard worker. I love that I'm like willing to take risks. I love that I encourage like my friends and family to do the same. That's usually something they say about me. Um, like I truly believe that anyone can do what they want to do and be successful at it. Um, I always like joke that I am not the friend to come to if you like think you're going to drop or like are thinking about dropping out of college because I'll be like, oh my gosh, do it. Let's build a business. You're going to be great. Like, yeah. Um, but those are my favorite things about myself and like how my friends and family would describe me. And so when I look at those answers, those are just kind of like blatant answers about me as a human. But then I can look at those answers and be like, how do I bring that into a work sphere? So maybe one of the things is that you're like an incredibly empathetic human, or maybe you're really funny, or maybe you're really good at bringing people out of their shell and making them feel seen and heard. Um, maybe that you're really, it's that you're really efficient, right? Whatever it is, every person is so different. We have such different strengths and goals and insight and like what we bring to the table. And if you can kind of answer those questions about yourself, then we can sit down and be like, okay, what does that now look like in a work sense? How can we bring that even just like outside of your final delivery? Like, how do we bring that into your client experience? How do we bring that into your brand experience before they even pay you a dollar? That's another thing I'm like really, really passionate about is a lot of people are like, well, you know, once they contact me and we hop on the phone and we get to know each other, like then they can realize like what I'm like and what the brand is like and if they want to work with me. And I'm like, oh, we should, we should be having that. They should be having a brand experience before they even contact us or exchange money with us. Like they should know right away Mm -hmm. um, what it is that we're about and if we're the right person for them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you start that from the beginning, from your website, from your socials, from how you interact, uh, even via email, like you're starting this experience like right away. Like how do you, so now we kind of like have a little idea of like where the process starts, but how do we start bringing that like to fruition? You know, like from your experience, like what recommendations do you have from when it comes to branding ourselves. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to kind of recommend people is to write down all of your client touch points from like discovery, whether that's on socials, maybe it's just literally pulling up your Instagram to like what it's like to contact you or get a pricing guide from you all the way to like final delivery. But sit down, write out all of those client and potential client touch points. Like there's so many, so many more than we even realize. Right. And then look at them and be like, how can I make them feel kind of like those brand concepts, those answers to those questions? Like how can I make them feel that at every step? Like how can I make them feel in my case, like going back to my brand, I'm like, how can I make them feel encouraged and inspired and empowered and bold? Even if they never invest in me, right? Like maybe it's just that they follow me on Instagram and they like seeing my posts with tweets on them that are empowering. Or maybe it's that they like listening to the podcast and getting insight. Like I want someone to get an experience with who I am as a human being as soon as they step into my sphere and uh, the internet. And so really looking at those client touch points and not just doing it within the post contact, maybe they're going to work with me sphere, but also doing it in a like, where are they discovering me? Where are they hearing about me? Right? Like, where are they yeah. getting first access to who I am as a human? And how can I make sure 
that I'm showing them these things. Like I talked to a girl the other day and she was saying that when someone contacts her before she sends them the pricing guide before, like she shows them the pricing guide when they get on a phone call. And she was like, but before we schedule that phone call, I send them a welcome guide, which is like all about me, what an experience with me would be like, you know, kind of why they should work with me and hop on a call with me. Um, And I was like, well, why don't we make that a public thing? Like that welcome guide should be something infused into all of your socials and your copywriting on your website. And it should be something that they see on the front end because like you said, we live in a we live in a sphere, we live in an industry where it's like even me and you, right? We both have podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure our podcasts are very, very different from one another because they're true to who we are. Um, and so it's important that we differentiate ourselves from every other podcast or every other business coach or every other wedding photographer as quickly and as soon as possible so that they can feel very, very strongly that we are either for them or not for them because that's okay too. Like you kind of have to be okay with the fact that you're not going to be for everyone. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not, not to be punny, but you're not everybody's cup of tea, you know, (laughs) like no, truly it's, and it's okay. Like you have to be okay with knowing that you know, not everyone is going to want to work with you or decides to work with you. And that's all right. And that's actually like a win. I always think of mm-hmm. negatives as wins because you don't want someone to be unhappy with their work, with your work, especially if you break them on with as a client, you know, like, so you always have Absolutely. to be So yeah, let's talk th- about, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, so I, this thing that you mentioned before, it was about, you know, how, how to operate intuition first, followed by data and strategy. We This is in sort of your write-up uh, for mm-hmm. the show. And I'm just th- thinking like, what does that even mean? Like, how do we operate? How can a brand operate with intuition first? Absolutely. Again, this is, I'm like, this is my favorite thing to talk about. It's literally like Christmas. <laughs> I've never heard me. of it. So I'm excited. Yeah. So one of the ways that I like very quickly sum up kind of what we do is I describe it as where soul meets strategy. Um, And that's because, again, I'm like a firm believer that we should have fun in our businesses. It should be fulfilling. We should be connecting with people who have similar values to us. We should feel like we get to be ourselves, right? It's kind of like going back to, I forget like the exact statistic, but I think it's something like we spend like 70 to 75% of our lives working, which is crazy. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, even if it's 50, right? It's like, what if you spent 50% of your life not being yourself and being miserable? Like Mm -hmm. that sucks. That perspective really like sinks in of like, oh my gosh, like if I am almost faking it in my job or miserable at my job, like that's 50% of my life dedicated to that. And if you're self-employed, especially like I know you didn't become self-employed and start your own business to be miserable. Like no one does that, right? Like everyone's like, I can't wait to be my own be- like boss. And then they kind of become like the worst boss they've ever had. <laughs> um, which is why I'm like, let's go back to that intuition. Let's go back to that soul. What does a dream job like look like to you? What are your strengths? What are you like as a human? And how can we build a business around that? And then once we've answered those questions, once we've figured out ways to infuse ourselves and our soul and our being and our intuition into all these different touch points and and you know how we show up in the world then we get to mix that with strategy and systems and data um which i just like love to geek out on um because <laughs> i think as entrepreneurs you know obviously i mean how long have you been doing this i forgot to ask how long have you been in business oh me um 13 years yeah 13 years yeah okay amazing i know in 2010 we didn't even really have instagram <laughs> like no, it, really just, it just started social. yeah 
Yeah. And like, so you can attest, I know I've seen it a ton in my career and I've been doing it for like half the time. There's been such a change in the social landscape of like how we market ourselves, how we show up in our business. You know, it used to be a lot of word of mouth and things like that. Um, and now we kind of get this really cool opportunity to showcase ourselves more publicly, but it's a little bit of a double edged sword in the fact that we can feel like we're becoming content creators. Like we have to now be social media marketing experts. We have to be website designers, you know, um, we're expected to be so much more than just like photographers or podcasters or wedding planners, whatever it is that you do. Um, And so where the system strategy and data really comes in is taking the time to look at your business and think, am I running this like an actual business? Am I running this at a CEO level? Or do I kind of work like an employee within my business? Like, am I just moving the needle every day? Am I waking up trying to throw a photo up on Instagram and just being like, I hope, I hope someone sees that. I hope someone likes that. Like, I hope someone books me from that. Um, the amount of times I ask creatives like, Hey, what's your marketing strategy? And they're like, well, I post on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, cool. What is the strategy right, <laughs> behind yeah. that? Like, what does that do for you? And they're like, Oh, I have no idea. I just know I'm supposed to do it. Um, where systems and strategy comes in is looking at your intuition, looking at your brands, looking at the soul that you've built, and then actually tracking the data as you do things in your sphere. So whether that is tracking your analytics and seeing what kind of content actually converts and doesn't, and then you stop producing content that doesn't produce that, uh, that doesn't have any sort of ROI. Um, like I know for us, there was a really long time where we made like these really cute and helpful graphics on Instagram. And they took a lot of time because I was trying to make them almost like a little mini course. <laughs> um, like I was like, this is so helpful. This is going to convert people so much. And it was like, no one was logging onto Instagram to scroll graphics. Like they can go other places for that. Um, and so they like weren't really getting any sort of engagement. I wasn't really seeing any ROI on them, but it was taking so much of our time. Um, And so it was like one of those things where it was like, why are we doing this? And then in comparison, we noticed that like little tweet graphics that we do, those get shared like hundreds of times and they take five seconds. And if we never took the time to look at our analytics, we could have just kept dumping like time and energy down the drain for no ROI. Um, And so that's where kind of like the data comes in, but then also having systems, right? Like having very clear funnels that our cold audience moves through, our warm audience moves through, our hot, our actual clients, you know, do we have a CRM with automations? Do we look at, you know, are our clients asking the same thing over and over again? Are they needing help with the same thing over and over again? I always say that like repetition is the opportunity for automation. Anytime you catch yourself doing something over and over again, answering the same question over and over again, that's essentially just like an opportunity for you to automate or make something simpler, simpler or make it easier for your clients or your audience, right? Like we have a giant nine-month coaching program. It's like the most intensive thing that we do. And I noticed that a lot of the girls that were in it, some like I would say like over half of them, probably three fourths of them would be like, Hey, I like know what I want to talk to you about on our actual calls. But like in between, 
I almost don't know what I don't know. Like, what else can I ask for help with? What else should I be asking you? Like, they almost didn't know what to even ask for help on. They just knew that they had the opportunity to ask for help. And so we made like a little automated guide that went out to them that was like, hey, here's a bunch of topics and or questions that you can ask us about in between your calls to make sure you're taking full advantage of this program. Um, And since then, I haven't gotten a single question of like, hey, what should I be talking to you about in between the calls? Like, they have this reference. And so that's why I'm so passionate about using data, using systems, using strategy so that you can be doing things that fulfill you and bring you joy and that you feel like your soul and intuition align with and do it in the most strategic way possible, the most simplified way possible so that you can do things like clock out on the weekend, you know, take several weeks off during the summer and go travel, whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, no, I love that. I, and I think what I want to touch back on what you said, um, you know, when you become a business owner, you don't know what you don't know, <laughs> especially a small business owner. You work, Absolutely. I, I never worked so hard besides college um, on my own business than anything else before. And when I was an employee who had a corporate job and then becoming my own boss, it was a very big wake up call. So, you know, being yep. a social media manager, like, you know, understanding there are many layers to to what you have to do and a marketing plan and, and how your work is seen. Like, it can be overwhelming. You know, that I guess that's the point. It's like it can become very overwhelming. And I know a lot of photographers who listen to the show can feel a lot of burnout, you know, and can get really upset about stuff because they can't they can't do it all. And I love that you're here to like say, Well, you don't have to do it all. We can we can mm. help you figure it out. And I think that's really important is that you don't have to be everything to everyone and you don't have to do everything. And I think for me, like I knew that Twitter wasn't for me. <laughs> so like, absolutely, I'm not, I'm not on Twitter. Like I don't even, I'm not even on Pinterest anymore. Like I can only do so much. I'm a one woman show mm-hmm. and knowing my strengths, it's like, okay, I'm going to focus on that. And I think that goes to your intuition sort of tidbit. It's like, you have to know what you're good at. And, and if you're not good at something, you don't have, no one's forcing you to do anything. Like you got to, you got to do what you can, where you want to do it. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I feel like that's we actually have like an intuitive marketing quiz like freebie all about this because I think entrepreneurs especially get really hung up on like I need to do every social media platform. I need right. to do TikTok. I need to do this. Um and the amount of creatives I've even talked to who are like I literally hate Instagram. Um and I'm like why what why are we doing it then? Like right. your audience can feel that. Like you're never going to get the results that you want from people who hate like or from doing something that you absolutely hate like it would be better for you to identify what you actually have fun with and then just put all your energy into that um every social media platform works there's a reason they're all there it's just you get to decide which one sounds fun to you and like you said it's like if you're a one woman show one person show you definitely can't do everything that is like not how it's supposed to be yeah like i remember we had like a in-person like networking event oh my gosh which you should come to because next time because you're here in brooklyn which is very exciting Um, but a couple of people sat me down and they're like, so how are you doing all of this? Because when you look at like my socials, we actually run every single social. Um, and I'm like, oh, I, I don't like, I, <laughs> I literally don't at all. And they're like, well, how are you doing that? And I'm like, I have two people that work for me and they completely handle my socials. Mm-hmm. Like I, I only touch my Instagram stories. I post when I want to. Um, I sometimes like will do the email list, but sometimes my assistant will do it. But like everything else is my team. And when it was just me, I would have never dared 
to do all of those things. Like that would have been so draining. I wouldn't have been able to serve my actual clients as well. And so just give yourself that permission to be like, hey, I I don't have to be everything all at once. Yeah. Um, you just there's not enough time in the day. And if it's something that you want to do and expand into, great, outsource it. And if not, you also just don't even have to do it. And that's totally okay. Yeah, I love that. So you mentioned uh finding out your strengths before. Um and uh, you know how how do you recommend finding out what you're good at? <laughs> like how do you like cuz you said you asked your friends and family is that sort of what you would recommend or what else? I don't know. Yeah, so I feel like some of us are better at giving ourselves compliments than others. <laughs> um we just did like a free training the other night and I I made everyone type out in the chat like what do you think your strengths are? And some people were really quick to be like I'm good at this, I'm good at this and some people were like this is so uncomfortable. Like I literally I don't know why but this is so hard to even list a single strength of mine, which is why I always like kind of have those two questions of like say it yourself. Um or text your friends and family, right? Like your friends and family spend time with you for a reason. I'm sure they would love to tell you all the things that are great about you. Um, It's kind of how like if you ask me to list out all the great things about like my girlfriend or my best friend, I could, you know, tell you a million right now and it would be so easy to just fly off my tongue. Um, If you asked me to do it for myself, I'd be like, give me a second. Let me... Let me ponder. Let me think about it a little. <laughs> um, so I always do like saying, like, why don't you ask other people? Because like that that can be a little bit easier. But that being said, too, like give yourself some time to just sit with yourself and to be uncomfortable with complimenting yourself and to look around and like not look at the lack of maybe things that you wish you had done or wish you were good at. Um, like I wish I was really good at being at parties and socializing with lots of people, but I'm not. I'm better on a one-on-one. <laughs> I have too much social anxiety to go into group settings that I don't know anyone at. Like I wish I could be one of those people that can just like walk up to groups of people and be great. I'm just not. Um, and so it'd be easy to sit here and like list out all the things I do wrong, but instead sitting and be like, okay, no, like I know I have intrinsic value. Let's just sit with myself and be a little uncomfy until that comes up. <laughs> like, um, and just letting yourself be uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable. I'm sad that it's uncomfortable to compliment ourselves, but it is. And that's okay. But like just really sitting with yourself and being like, hmm, what are the things that are lovely about me or that I'm really good at? Um, and I know there's something. I mean, if you're even just listening to this podcast, right? You clearly are even just a determined person. You're wanting to get better. You're wanting to learn more. You feel really passionate about expanding yourself and expanding your business. Like that alone is one. And I know that guaranteed just by you listening to this podcast episode, right? No one listens to podcast episodes and is like, I hope I learn nothing about this because I don't <laughs> want to get better. <laughs> like, what a waste of time. Yeah, yeah well, be the, um, whole, uh, the opposite of why I'm doing this. So I hope, no, that, truly. I hope that's I, not happening. <laughs> no, I'm like, you probably have better ways to spend your time if that's why you like you listen to podcasts for no reason. Right. Um, and so like, that's one. Um, so yeah, I think that's like a good way to think of it. Another thing that I kind of like to do um, like every year slash I always kind of prompt my coaching clients to do is to sit down and like write out all of the things that you've achieved in the last year or even couple years and the things that you like all the reasons why you think someone would love you and it is a really hard journal prompt like it is very uncomfortable it takes a lot of time to sit and allow yourself to like say those things but one of my favorite reasons i do it and also ask my coaching clients to do it is because like 
you kind of start appreciating the little things a little bit too. I remember the first time I did it and I made myself do this journal prompt because um, I think I first did it like a couple months after the pandemic started. So obviously we were all in like a very specific headspace. <laughs> um, I had just gotten divorced. And so it was like one of those things where I was like, ooh, I don't feel like I've accomplished anything in my life. Like, what am I doing? I'm freshly divorced. I'm going into a global pandemic. Like, what have I even done with my life? And I like made myself sit down and do this journal prompt and list out everything I had achieved and all the reasons why someone should love me. And I even wrote down things that were like, I take really good care of my dog and um, I've kept all my plants alive. And I'm really proud of that. <laughs> like, yeah. I moved all my plants from Utah to California and I kept them alive. And I'm really proud of that. And I'm really proud of myself for still going. And I'm really proud of myself for you know, taking good care of my dog. And like, I think someone should love me because I really love my dog. Like, that's cute. <laughs> um, and like I said, it could be really uncomfortable. But if you cannot find things to love about yourself and appreciate about yourself, people aren't going to find that in your business either. Right. It's kind of like that. How can we expect other people to love us if we don't even love us? Yeah. Um, and I truly do think that bleeds into our business so much. Um, and it can be seen, right, if we're creating work that we're not that passionate about, but we're getting frustrated that like our clients aren't that passionate about it either. And it's like, well, if you're not even passionate about your work, why would your clients be? Like they can feel that, they can see that. And so just giving yourself like the attention and the love and the grace and the celebration and the passion that you also want to see reflected by your clients is going to be key in order to even experience that with them and it can be really really uncomfortable but like what a beautiful opportunity for us to love ourselves more and express that in our business and find that fulfillment and that joy and that alignment again in something that takes up like 50% of our life like yeah. going back to the beginning like i don't want to spend 50% of my life faking it or miserable or stressed like um i love my job and it hasn't always been that way but it's that way now because i have made sure to make it that way and like i would do my job if it was free i have so much fun with it like if suddenly the world's you know, cancels capitalism and we <laughs> don't have to pay for things, I would still be doing this because I just love it. Um, and I really funny. do. Yeah, I'm like, I really do believe that every creative entrepreneur like has the capability and deserves to feel that way about their job. I love that. I love how passionate you are and, and it really comes through. And yeah, it's like a pure example of like, if you're not happy with what's happening, in your surroundings, you have the power to change them and you have the power to make to make yourself happy. And I truly believe that. We've had a lot of talks about mindset on the show. Um, and I think that mindset is really the key to just unlocking really the next level of yourself and your business. And it, you can't do anything without a good mindset, right? If you Absolutely. don't believe it, no, if truly. you don't believe in yourself, no one else is gonna believe in you. If you have imposter syndrome, just going to think that you're an imposter. So I, I love that oh, this is sort absolutely. of yeah, trickled into that. So we're about to wrap up. Uh, I don't want you to go. Actually, I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, we'll have to do this again. We can do it in person. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But here at Tea with Janae, we love to end our shows with tangible tips and actionable advice that people can actually do once they're done listening and move their business forward. So mm -hmm. I would love you, uh, maybe even just like making a little list here, but like what tips do you have for our listeners for you know, creating a brand that has no competition. Like, what would be the three takeaways from today? Yeah, I would say like number one, sit down, 
make yourself do those journal prompts, even if it's uncomfy, even if stuff comes up, even if you like have to text your friends and family to get that like validation, do it. Like sit down, really figure out what you are like as a human, what your strengths are, what you're passionate about, what you want to experience more in your life. And then sit down and look at all these touch points in your business, these deliverables in your business and be like, how can I make my clients or viewers or followers feel those things at every touch point? And then I want you to really think of like the way I always phrase it to my coaching clients is I'm like, if money was guaranteed, which by the way, when it's a creative business, like you really can make money doing anything. Like mm-hmm. I think people think there's a cap on that. And I'm like, there's absolutely not. Like you get on TikTok for one second, there are people making money doing stuff I can't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. um, there is clientele, there's business for everyone. But if money was guaranteed, which it is, but like let's pretend if you're not ready to totally believe it, what would the <laughs> dream job look like? Like, what would you be doing with your clients? What would your jobs look like? How much time would you take off? How many vacations would you take a year? And I want you to start acting that way. I want you to look at that business and start behaving and implementing that business now. And one of the things that I always recommend people do, and you can do this on whatever social media or marketing tool that you do like using, please don't do it on a tool you don't like using. (laughs) This is like your challenge today to like delete TikTok if you don't want to do it anymore. Delete Instagram if you don't want to do it anymore. But log on to whatever marketing platform that you feel passionate about and introduce yourself. Tell us about who you are as a human. Tell us about your why, your strengths, what makes you passionate and why you love this job, right? Um, We manage a lot of people's social media profiles and everyone's like top one, if not top three performing posts is always a personal introduction, always. Um, And it's because we don't want to like you know, purchase or invest in people anymore if we don't know who they are. We don't have some sort of trust with them or connection with them. You know, it's like we're kind of over the Bezoses of the world. Like we're <laughs> done giving people money that are just totally unattainable and we don't have like aligned values and morals with. So like log on. Tell us about this dream job. Tell us about what your dream jobs are and who you are and what your strengths and your values are. Like introduce yourself. Give us the opportunity connect to connect with you because I am so much more likely to invest a lot of money into someone that I feel like gets me into someone I feel like I trust, I be- like believe I have similar morals to, and vice versa. If someone is posting and I love their artwork, but I don't uh, agree with their morals, I'm I'm not gonna purchase with like purchase that their products or work with them. And that's that's for the best for both of us, right? Like I don't want to work with clients that are um not aligned with me and my values. Like we have our values blasted all over our website. You just like even scroll to our footer and there's like something about like inclusivity even in the footer. It's like, hey, if you're if you're into bigotry at all, please leave. <laughs> we don't <laughs> we don't want you here. Um there's other spaces for you. Um but like be okay with attracting and repelling and start really introducing who you are and your values and your strengths and what separates you from everyone else into every facet of communication that you have in your business and see the magic that unfolds. Um, See how passionate people become about your work when you're actually showing them how passionate you are. I love that. Oh my goodness. What a great way to end. That was so inspiring and I love it. And I hope everybody does the homework and I can't wait to hear, you know, what happens when you start digging in and and hopefully, yeah, making yourself stand out. Eden, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to like meet you, even though you're a couple blocks away. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, the internet brought us together, which is one of the Truly. really nice things about it. But before I let you go, let's tell everybody where they can find out more about you, your services, uh, maybe get that freebie that you mentioned and say hello online. Yes, absolutely. So my website and Instagram and TikTok, those are all Eden Strader, just my name. Keep it nice and simple around here. Um, my personal is that's my personal business. And yeah, if you head to our website, we have a ton of freebies. I would definitely start with like the intuitive marketing quiz. That's such a good one. Um, but we have lots of stuff from like Pinterest marketing, branding, artificial light, all of that good stuff. So there's kind of something for everyone. So that's I would awesome. yeah, I would start there. I love it. Oh, and what's your podcast? My podcast is called That's My Personal Business, which people always think I'm like saying that's my personal business. <laughs> like when they're like, what's your podcast? And I'm like, oh, that's my personal business. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, sorry I asked. And I'm like, no, no, no. So sorry. That's the name. <laughs> um, that is the name of it. Um, it's all about how our personal lives and businesses are super intertwined. And so we talk all about like our personal lives, our businesses, everything in between. Episode one is about like my marriage and divorce and how that influenced and impacted my business. So it's a very like vulnerable one, but there's also a lot of stuff like we have a whole episode dedicated to building a year-long marketing plan. Like it's kind of got a little bit for everyone. I love that. Well, all these links will be in the show notes. So you guys can swipe on up right now, click on the links and let Eden know that you listened to the to today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. This has been so much fun. And I hope thank you, you so much soon. for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. We'll have to connect again soon. like today's episode i want to give a big shout out and a huge thank you to eden for being our wonderful guest it was so nice to get to meet you and have you on the show and love that you're a local brooklyn girl if you guys want to find out more about eden and her services and take that intuition quiz swipe on up click those show notes and let her know you listened to today's episode all right you guys i can't wait to share our next cup of tea together bye